If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Kind of Funny X-Cast, your home for all things Xbox here at Kind of Funny. Of course, I'm one of your hosts, Snowbike Mike, and today I'm joined by both of my gaming dads here on the podcast, Mr. Gary Witter. We missed you last week on the big fantasy critic draft. P.S. I love you, XOXO versus the X-Cast, year number two, but don't you worry, me and Paris, we drafted really that's, well for that's, you. That's what I am. I'm looking forward to hearing what you picked. And I'm so sorry I, I couldn't be here. I actually texted Paris after the fact to say that I was really bummed out. The first time we had an opportunity to all podcast yeah. in person yes. together. Yes. He comes into town. We had a lovely dinner. Had great dinner. Right? And then I was going to be here. But then because of the flooding, it really was unavoidable. Like we had water was like seeping in through the window. I've got to spend 10 grand having all of my windows replaced because of the flood. Wow. And I, I just could not. And you know, you know me. Let me tell you something. I shouldn't even be here right now. He shouldn't but I, even be I, I don't do not have the fucking time to be here. <laughs> but I am because I love you guys. Oh, you're too good to us, Gary. Well, we appreciate that, and we we did our best on the draft for you. I, I can't wait to hear. At the same time, I don't give a shit. So I know I whatever know you, you whatever don't. you've given me, it's all good. <laughs> well, me and Paris had a couple of good picks okay. that we think are gonna. Put you over the edge and get you a little angry at us, but also hopefully put us in a position. Like I said, I'm not going to get angry because I don't care. I love that. I like. I that. love it. Co-owner of your team on Fantasy Critic by other gaming dad, Mister. I also want to really. hear what you guys picked. So I want to. Yeah, yeah. I want to. Oh, I want to get a whole lay of the land. Uh, Perry, how you feeling today? Welcome in, my guy. I'm, I'm good. I am. I'm. I'm actually missing not being in the studios, yes. being there last week. And uh, yeah, Gary is unfortunate. We didn't get to all record together in the studio, but like you said, you know, we got to hang out, have dinner uh, the night before. So it was good to see you in person again. And uh, yeah, I, I, I got to figure out an excuse to come back up there again soon. Miss being Absolutely. There. We'll, we'll get it done. We'll get all three in the studio. It'll happen. Yeah. All three of us will be back together. And then, of course, we'll go right back to the House of Prime Rib. Oh, I got to go back to the Hopper. Yeah. Oh, yeah. my God. The Look. Hopper. I love that you call it that. <laughs> I love that. Where's my uh, invite on that one? That. You, know? you, well, you, you, you literally said you weren't here that day. So uh, yeah, he, you're, well, I wasn't here the day y'all talked about it. Yeah, okay. that was the issue. Yeah. We'll, get, yeah. we'll, get, we'll get you on the next one, Barry. Yeah, to be fair, Kevin was like, hey, you're part of the director the team there. Do you want to go instead? I mean, I like, to, no. to me, you, you should talk you to Kevin. You should talk to Kevin because let me tell you, he didn't. He wasted no time <laughs> slipping into your spot. Oh yeah, oh, he and, he was, and he was on the last he, one. He did come to my me preference, and he was like, he was like, "Hey, do you want to take my seat?" And I was like, "No, Kevin, go enjoy." Yourself. My preference would have been to take Barrett, if only because Kevin's already been, and it's always fun to Correct. take someone who hasn't been before. Mm-hmm. But Kevin, he he wanted yeah. in. If, Paris if, if, was our newbie this time, though. We had a great time. Can, yeah. can no, I, it was good. Can I say this as the newbie? Yeah. Because I, I talked about this for like two days straight afterwards. <laughs> the thing that impressed me the most about the House of Prime Rib is we had a 10 p.m. on a Monday night oh, reservation. Because that's the only one we could get because they were always so yeah. packed out. Oh, kids. Yep. 10 p.m. on a Monday night. Packed to the gills. Yeah. At. 
That place I, like, is I was always in shock. If you want, if you're ever in San Francisco and you want to go to the House of Prime Rib, which is one of my favorite, yep. probably the restaurant I've been to the most in the 25 years that I've lived here. You, if you have plans to go and you want to get like a reasonable seating, like a like a 7:30 or an eight, two three weeks in advance. Yep. If you did what we did and book and book two or three days out, you're going to get like maybe 5 p.m. or 10 p.m. You're going to get like on the on the ends. Yeah, the ones that people don't ideally want. But it was nice. We were literally the only people left in the restaurant. We closed the place down. Closed that place down. The official <laughs> yeah, it was good. X cast party an official. It was good. I thoroughly enjoyed it. It was right. it was nice to to sit and eat and 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 you know. Chew the fat with all of you. I yeah. loved it. It was a great time. And, of course, we're back. It's a brand new year. We've done two episodes so far, one sharing with the PSI Love You XOXO team. Of course, you can catch that on your favorite podcast feeds. And, of course, over on YouTube.com slash games. It's year number two of our Fantasy Critic Draft League. You can go check out all of the games that each one of us drafted and see who will win at the end of the year. And we're going to talk about that because I think Paris might have jumped on the ball and filled out his team's <laughs> roster already. But we have so much more to talk about because guess what? We finally got games to talk about here on the Xbox side. The official Xbox and Bethesda Developer Direct coming next week. We're going to talk about what we expect from this Direct and what we want to learn about the games being shown next week. But before all that, of course, I got to tell you this is... The Kind of Funny X-Cast we post each and every Thursday at 6 a.m. West Coast, Best Coast time on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games. And, of course, on podcast services all around the globe. Don't forget that Kind of Funny Games is now Epic Games Partners, which means if you're buying games off the Epic Games Store, if you're upgrading your look in Fortnite, Rocket League, or even your Jelly Bean in Fall Guys, please use our Epic Creator Code, Kind of Funny, at checkout to help support the team. And, of course, we'd like to thank the people who support us the most, whether you're watching live in the chat over on Patreon or you're one of our Patreon producers for the month of January, like Delaney Twining is. Thank you all so much for your support over on Patreon. It keeps the lights on and we truly appreciate it. And of course, this week, the Kind of Funny X-Cast is brought to you by the one and only Kind of Funny Patreon, where you can get a number of Patreon-exclusive benefits, rewards, and exclusive content. So please make sure to go check out our Patreon and support us over there but me and the team, we'll tell that tell you a little bit about that later. Let's jump into it, guys, with some sad news to kick off the podcast. Some tough news coming in from Bloomberg and Jason Schreier. Of course, many people have heard that today on Wednesday, Microsoft has announced that they are cutting 10,000 jobs across the company, across the board. And some of them, some of those jobs are being affected at the games division. So I'll read right from Jason Schreier over at Bloomberg writes Microsoft Corp's announcement of mass layoffs extended to its video game division, including the developers of hit titles such as Starfield and Halo. The Xbox maker said Wednesday it's cutting 10,000 jobs as it seeks to reduce costs amid a broader economic slowdown. Some people at Bethesda Game Studios, maker of the upcoming Starfield game, as well as 343 Industries, the company behind 2021's Halo Infinite, were affected according to people familiar with the matter. In an email to staff, 343 Industries studio head Pierre Hintz said the company had, quote, made the difficult decision to restructure elements of our team, which means some roles are being eliminated, end quote. He wrote that the studio would continue supporting Halo Infinite's multiplayer and live service elements. Joe Staten, the creative director and Halo veteran who joined 343 in 2020 to help steer Halo Infinite to the finish line, will depart that outfit and rejoin Xbox's broader publishing division, Hint said. 
But let's first start off. Our hearts, our thoughts, our well wishes go out to all of those team members across Microsoft. We hope you land on your feet. We hope you're able to take care of your families. This is uh, truly saddening news, and nobody wants to hear that they're being laid off. So, you know, on behalf of the X-Cast and Kind of Funny Crew team, we're sending you love and well wishes there. But moving forward on this, let's talk games. Paris Lilly, you see cuts being made to 343 Industries, and, of course, Big Joe on the move, still within the games division, but not at 3-4 in particular. How do you feel about this? What are your thoughts here for Halo and its future? I mean, it's shocking. It's shocking. And and again, to your point, you know, thoughts go out to everyone that was affected by the layoffs today. But when we talk more specifically about 343, seems like 343 was heavily impacted by these layoffs, more specifically the campaign team so to speak. And Joe Staten was obviously leading that. There had been clearly been rumors about uh, campaign DLC coming in the next year or two. And it makes you ask the question, what's next for Halo Infinite? What's next for the Halo franchise as a whole? To see, is is this campaign DLC still happening? Has it been completely canceled? Are they just going to focus on multiplayer? Is what certain Infinity working on? Is that going to be the focus now? Whatever this battle royale whatever you want to call it thing um is going to come from them what's going to happen now with 343 and and halo is is the big question that we take out of this and i mean i can't help but feel some disappointment um you go all the way back to 2020 um from the original leading up to the original reveal and then we obviously had a little disappointment with the reveal it got delayed and obviously the things that we've been talking about over the past couple years just with the lack of content from the multiplayer and then things started started looking bright we obviously had joe staten here on on this podcast um talking about halo um we kind of saw what their roadmap was looking like forge came out everyone's liking that so you're thinking all right let's get to march 2023 let's get everything on track with halo and let's see where we are now it almost feels like we're back to square one wondering what's next not only for the studio but but the franchise as a whole so um yeah it's 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 sad news today. I mean, there's just no way around it. I mean, specifically the people that were affected by this first and foremost. But even once you take that element out of it, you start to think about just the Halo franchise. And I've said it a million times. This is the flagship IP for for Xbox. What does this mean for it moving forward? So a lot of questions still need to be answered. Yeah, a lot of questions indeed, Paris. And you said it so well, of course, it is tough to think about the layoffs, right? But when you move past that, Where are we with Halo, right? We have had a rocky, rough start for Halo Infinite and where that was with the year-long delay, Gary, you, me, and Alana talking about that leading up to the console's launch, not hitting the launch, right? Having a killer opening, right? Everybody liked the campaign. Everybody liked what they saw out of the gameplay and multiplayer. And then that shine just quickly wore off. And the roadmap, the content was not there. And players' frustrations we're showing, right, whether it be desync, whether it be player progression, whether it be the content of multiplayer maps and just more to do within this game that people loved. It has been a very rocky start to this game. And as we head into year two, three and beyond of what was supposed to be 10 years of Halo, right, you start to question, where do we really stand with this? Is there going to be a moment where we stop Halo Infinite and we start to work on the next Halo game? Can they right the ship here, right? That's what Joe Staten was supposed to do. Get this team back on track. Bring that creativity 
for the campaign, the lore and the story behind Master Chief and give us more, right? And as Paris said, where do we stand now with campaign, right? Are we not going to get a campaign DLC? Because in Jason's uh, mentions here, he said that Pierre wrote multiplayer and live service elements is where they'll be supporting, right? I don't see anything about campaign in that unless that falls under multiplayer live services, but it is a wild situation where we're at right now because that game has dropped off dramatically and is not the same as it once was. And I don't know if Halo Infinite will be able to get back to where it once was. Gary, how are you feeling right now with all this news? Well, first of all, to echo what you and, and Paris said, you have to prioritize and start with the, the human aspect, right? Like 10,000 people, like 10,000 num is a number that is, doesn't seem like a massive number, but it is a big enough number that you can't really get your arms around it. But you got you to try to put it in human terms and think every single one of those 10,000 people, like that's a, that's a small sports arena, right? That's a lot yeah. of people, yeah. Yeah. right? Every one of those people has to go home tonight to their partner and their kids or whatever and sit around the table and go, what are, what are we going to do? Like people have got bills to pay and like it's, it's, it, 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 it sucks. Like there's no other way around it. It just sucks. And, you know, you like to believe that a major corporation like Microsoft, um, if there was a way to save these jobs, you want to believe that they, they would have found a way to do it. But times are tough all over. Um, you know, Microsoft obviously have got huge investments going into these new studios. I'm not in any way apologizing for them. It sucks. And I'll always believe yeah. that anytime you're laying off 10,000 people, I like to think, could you not have tried just a bit harder to save their jobs? Why don't you, Mr. You know, multi-billionaire CEO, take a fucking pay cut? Like, why do these ten thousand people have to lose? Who did nothing wrong? Have to lose their jobs anyway? That's the that's that part over with. Um, so far as the games are concerned, um, let's talk specifically about Halo because that is the the centerpiece of this. Um, you're right. It, 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 Halo Infinite's been a strange story all the way back to the you know the X cast is is like there's the there's the, there's the Alana phase and the post Alana phase. You go all the way back to the Alana phase, right? So that first reveal where you know that was one of the very i think it was one of the very first x casts we ever did where, where I, I i came in as like i'm sorry but that trailer is shit mm -hmm. right like i was not happy it did not look good people were underwhelmed and immediately i think that was the prevailing what was it ken or clive what was the name they called craig that? craig like it craig. just it just like the vibes were way off on that first trailer yeah and i think xbox immediately knew they had a, had had an issue um but then they and and then they did kind of write the ship, right? It seems like because they, because when they, when they shadow dropped that multiplayer for free, um, there was that wonderful honeymoon period that we all yeah. enjoyed. And even I, I've spoken about this on the Xcast before, even I, as someone who is not like a hardcore FPS or a Halo player, I was hooked on that game. I couldn't, I couldn't get enough of it. I was playing it to death. And then I just stopped and I was just done with it. I just hit a wall. And it was because there wasn't enough content. And the problem is, once you drift away, even if they start adding content, it's, it's hard to get people to come back. Yeah, very right? hard. And for, for, for me, ultimately, Mike, like you are the canary in the coal mine. I know how much you love Halo. Mm -hmm. You were on every test flight, remember? Yep. You did every test flight. You could not wait. You, it was your most interesting. You were so excited. And, and you were in that honeymoon period with me as well. We loved the campaign. The vibes were, were back for a short time. And then they dissipated again. And I feel like anytime you want like a vibe check on Halo, well, where's Snowbite Mike? Is, is he playing it right now? No. Then there's a problem. That's, I, I mean, that sounds very reductive. But honestly, I feel like that's a vibe. You're a hardcore Halo fan. Yeah. If yeah. you're not engaged, there's, they've, got, they've got an issue. And so, you know, when Joe was on the show recently, I mean, I thought he was very candid about they know, they, they recognize where the problems are. 
and they're doing what they can to fix it. It does seem like they have been making some headway. And then this happens and the belt tightening happens and it makes you, first of all, like, who knows what happened behind the scene? Joe's obviously been moved to a different, like, if it's a sideways move, I don't know what it is in terms of like what the new position is, but it does make you wonder if they, if they thought that, that this guy was most, in, in most valuable as the guy continuing to steer Halo and compatible with what they want to do with Halo, they would have kept him there. Yeah. But that's not been the case, and so it means something else. What that means, we don't know, and it's, it's silly to speculate. Mm-hmm. But it does make me wonder if looking at where they are, if, you know, if, they, if they're stepping back and Phil and all of, the, all of the, the, the big you know, people in the room are going, okay, step back. Where are we right now? Like it's, it, again, the vibes are off. It's not great. You know, we had that honeymoon period, but like we we don't we can't get back to it. Like we, we we're never gonna we're never gonna have that magic again. It doesn't seem like they're trying to get back to it, but I, it's a struggle. It's hard to do for those reasons we said. Once you lose someone, it's hard to get them back. And there's something else. There's another new shiny object video game every week these days, right? It's hard to compete to for for attention. No, come back. It's good now. That can be really hard to do. No Man's Sky and Cyberpunk, other games can do it, but it's really hard. It's rare. Um, and so I wonder if, and you said Halo Infinite ten year plan, the whole thing. I do wonder if, like, like Bonnie's gone, right? Yeah, Joe's gone, French, like uh, Gary Hook. A I lot. mean, the, the list continues to grow yeah. from so three four three since Halo Infinite. I I, yeah. I do wonder if they are taking a step back secretly and kind of having a strategic huddle and saying like like obviously we're not going to just like forget about Halo and like move on from it. Halo is always going to be like the Mickey Mouse, you know. Halo is to Microsoft as Mickey Mouse is to Disney, mm-hmm. right? And uh, and Mario is to Nintendo. Like they, it's too. I've always said too big to fail, too big to just move on from. So they got to find it. But it does make me wonder if they now are going to have to. Maybe they abandon the ten-year plan. Maybe they re- reboot. Maybe they start over. Rather, rather than like continue to throw good money after bad. Maybe, maybe, maybe they have to hit the reset button. I don't know. Paris, what do you got on me? Yeah, to to Gary's point, I, I think if you're going to rip the bandaid off and take that step back and decide, all right, what's next for this, this franchise, then this is probably the opportunity now to let's stop investing in something that we don't think is going to be successful. And again, this is pure speculation because we obviously have no idea what, what's going to happen. So maybe the fact that there is new leadership now at three, four, three, they took a step back and obviously I'm sure Phil and all all the other senior leadership at Xbox looked at this Again, to the point, this is their most important IP, hands down, always has been since day one. What can we do to make sure that Halo stays viable for the long term? So maybe this is a ripping the Band-Aid moment with Infinite and go, you know what? It was a great idea in theory. It's not going to work over a 10-year period. Let's go ahead and stop what we were, our future plans for Infinite and pivot. That very well could be it. Obviously, the multiplayer, they can continue to work on. And again, going by what, what we got out of, out of that email, it sounds like, yeah, they're going to focus on live service and, and uh, multiplayer for Infinite. But maybe the next adventure of Master Chief happens in a completely different game. Maybe, you know, I'm not saying another team's doing it. Who knows? But it sounds like let's pause on Halo campaign. Let's pause on Master Chief and Cortana figure out what is the right path to continue that story. And then we'll, we'll obviously just support the multiplayer in the short term. So, you know, like I said before, there's a lot of questions that still need to be answered now. And obviously you couple this with, with the layoffs, the belt tightening, everything that's going on. It really makes you wonder 
what's next. I, I, I would hope, and we, we won't get it at this, this uh, d- developer direct, but I would hope over the next few months, maybe even at C3 or something, they talk about what's next for Halo because I think fans are, are clearly going to want to know what, what's going to happen. Yeah. Here's, now, can, I, can I just add something to that? Yeah, add it. Um, it makes it makes and again, my heart goes out to all the people on the campaign team. It makes sense to me, I think, that if they have to lose people, it's from the campaign side rather than the multiplayer side. Because think about like how you get the best bang for your developer buck, right? You can have hundreds of people working for three or four years on a campaign and a campaign and you spend hundreds of millions of dollars making it and people are going to burn through it in six hours and they're done. Right, and then maybe they'll come back and play it again on Nightmare. Dip. They're done, right? But you can have the same number of people working on the multiplayer aspect for the same number of years for the same amount of money, and as long as you continue to maintain it and support it, that can then be a self-sustaining. You know, it's going to generate money. You know, I mean, look at look at Warzone. Right, Warzone is its own machine now, right? And it's and it's distinct from the Call of Duty single player. I don't think single player is going anywhere. I mean, Call of Duty, you know, forgot about it for you know one or two iterations, but. You know, they, they, they're still doing it. They still feel like you can have your cake and eat it. You can have a little bit of both. I think the problem is, though, and, and also Sony, right? Sony make a lot of money. And look at all, look, again, we've talked about this. What are all their key franchises? Uncharted, um, uh, uh, God of War, Last of Us, all single-player games, which, you know, in many cases don't even have a multiplayer component, right? And, but, people, but those games are hugely successful because people love those campaign experiences. The problem is, I think, not to belabor the point, because I've talked about it before, the, the Master Chief character and the Halo mythology and the story side of the Halo games, the campaign side, just not as interesting as The Last of Us or Uncharted or God of War, where there's, where, where there's better fleshed out characters and better stories. Halo's got a lot of deep mythology, but it, I don't think it has characters and story that you can really connect with and engage with the way you can with the big first party Sony story experiences. And so it may, I don't think they're going to throw the baby out with the bathwater. I don't think they're going to say, okay, forget about Infinite, here comes Halo 7. I don't think it's going to be that. I think I think they are going to continue to find ways to iterate the multiplayer to monitor, to find ways to monetize it, battle royale, whatever else, whatever else, season part, whatever else is they're going to do. I think they are going to continue to build on the multiplayer foundation. Multiplayer will always be the heart and soul mm-hmm. of Halo, right? Not the story. It will always be the, the multiplayer will always be the heart and soul. So that will stay. But they make they may make a strategic decision to like as, as to Paris's point, they could offload campaign to a smaller team. They could just decide that they're just never going to do another campaign again. And the Halo storytelling will continue in other media. I mean, there's all kinds of ways to, to go at it. But um, I, I, I think that in terms of like where they've had to trim, it, make, it makes sense to me that they're focusing on the part of it that can continue to be sustainable as opposed to a campaign that, again, it's, hard, it, it's tough. These, my heart goes out to the developers at Blizzard and anyone or, or, or Destiny these guys, like anytime they add new campaign content, they work on it like for like work on an expansion pack for like two years, right? Put it out there, and the hardcore players the next morning are like done that. What else you got? Yeah, like they burn through it so fast. But at least with multiplayer, it's inherently like let's go another round, let's go another round. You can keep playing it. Uh, and so I just feel like that. I think I think Halo. If I had to make a big picture prediction, Halo is gonna Halo is gonna in the long term over the next ten years. Come back to me in ten years if I'm still around, <laughs> and tell me if I'm wrong. But I think it's. I think Halo is going to transition. It's going to move towards a multiplayer-centric game, and the campaign and the st- story stuff is either going to go away completely, or they're going to find ways to tell that story in other ways. Might be time to uh, open up and let others play in the sandbox, as we've seen other teams do. And we're going to talk about a team that's doing just that. That's coming to your developer direct next week, Mojang Studios, and what they've been doing with Minecraft 
imagining new ways to play in that awesome world. But we'll talk about that developer direct next week, right after a word from our sponsors. This week on Patreon, the next-gen crew of Kinda Funny, myself, Barrett, Joey, and Roger, did a fantasy film draft picking which movies we think are going to be the best reviewed, and we had some wild choices. This third one is about to pop off with one Jonathan Majors, because he's looking a God big, thick boy. He has a Creed 3, baby. He has a killing me, man. Go. Not even on my list. <laughs> what? Roger, how what is, is that not on your list? <laughs> Dune 2. Right, mm, like that's no. gonna be My a banger. Man, yeah. We have Austin Butler. Wasn't he like a child star in something? Yeah. Zoe one. Yeah. Zoe one. Oh he's the, my god! He's, the, he's like the bad boy. <laughs> yeah. <He's> the, oh. <laughs> my dude. Oh, oh my god! My god! Oh man, I love that dude. Can we draft a what? movie DLC? <laughs> <laughs> Trailer. Uh, I would like to draft an unannounced Marvel like post credit yeah. scene. Like, and over to Patreon.com/slash Kind of Funny to listen to this and hundreds of other exclusive episodes right now. All right. Welcome back, everybody. Let's jump into it. We got some exciting news, some Xbox game news coming our way. And that's what we wanted here on the Xbox side of things. Let's talk games, especially after a quiet end to 2022, after our big E3 Summer Showcase. Went kind of quiet there on the news and big releases. And now we head into 2023 with a lot of question marks, mainly release dates for certain titles. But we get to have a fun showcase a different kind of showcase for all you xbox fans out there let me give you the rundown coming from the xbox wire team xbox and bethesda will present a developer direct on wednesday january 25th providing fans with an inside look at some of some of the games coming to xbox pc and game pass over the next few months presented by the game creators themselves from studios including Arcane Austin, Mojang Studios, Turn 10 Studios, and ZeniMax Online Studios, the Developer Direct will focus on big features, extended gameplay showcases, and the latest info for Xbox games launching in the next few months, including The Elder Scrolls Online, Forza Motorsports, Minecraft Legends, and Redfall. To dedicate the proper amount of time for a deep dive into Bethesda Game Studios' Starfield, a standalone show is in the works. Fans should should turn in, should turn in, <laughs> tune in, uh, in on Xbox channels on Twitch and YouTube and Bethesda channels on Twitch and YouTube at 12 p.m. West Coast, Best Coast time, 3 p.m. Eastern time on January 25th to see all the latest on Quick rundown for you. Elder Scrolls Online Studio Director Matt Fior will unveil 2023's major chapter update. Forza Motorsport, the team at Turn 10 Studios, have been hard at work bringing fans the next generation of Forza Motorsport built from the ground up to take advantage of Xbox Series X and X. X X. Uh, Minecraft Legends Mojang Studios will showcase an insider's look into the PvP multiplayer experience in Minecraft Legends, the upcoming action strategy game from the makers of Minecraft, developed in partnership with Blackbird Entertainment and launching this spring. Then, of course, Redfall. (laughs) The minds behind Dishonored and Prey, Arcane Austin, will showcase several minutes of gameplay for their upcoming first-person shooter. The developer direct will reveal single and multiplayer gameplay showing more of how you and your friends will take down bloodthirsty vampires on the picturesque island of Redfall, Massachusetts. Here's some extra info for you to note from Aaron Greenberg, VP of Games, uh, Xbox Games Marketing. He tweeted out, it's going to be a big year for us. It starts on January 25th as we take you inside our studios to see some of the games coming to Xbox, PC, Game Pass over the next few months. 
also to dedicate the proper amount of time to deep dive into Starfield, a standalone show is in the works. Also, since many folks have asked, our show is tracking at 43 minutes long, as outlines in this announcement. Our goal has been to be as transparent as possible on what the dev teams slash games to expect to see in the show. Be sure to read the details from our four teams. Guys, let's talk about it. Paris Lee, what's your initial thoughts on this new style of showcase? Not the hot sizzle reel that we're used to. Dates, gameplay, CGI trailers. No, we're going to get live with the devs and have a fun developer talk. What do you think about this strategy here? Uh, there's a lot to say on this. Uh, first and foremost, I, I think this is the right decision for them to, to do it this way. Um, this type of format this early in the year excuse me, to spotlight these four specific games, have the developers tell that, tell their story themselves versus having a host come out there and just the interrupt, you know, just everything that goes with that. I think the host, excuse me, work best uh, at an E3 or fan fest type of type of event. So if they're planning to have multiple developer directs throughout the year, kind of these mini events to put spotlights on games, let the developers tell those stories. I think this is the right strategy for that. But this is good. This is good that we're going to get get specific information on Minecraft Legends, Forza, Elder Scrolls Online, and obviously Redfall. And I would expect with all four to have release dates. I think that's the most important thing to come out of this is to get those release dates. I think also spinning off Starfield into its own standalone event, if that game is going to be everything that we expect it to be if this is going to be the big game for xbox in 2023 yeah give todd howard and his team the time they need to properly showcase that game and talk about it and let's hope as well when they do that event you put a release date on it so we can set expectations accordingly for these games in the first half of the year you know get excited about them you know talk about them and judge them accordingly after the developer directs so this is good. And it, going by what Aaron Greenberg and some other people have said online, it does seem like this is just the first of many for them throughout the year. I think getting on a regular cadence of communication about the games that they will be releasing throughout the year makes a lot of sense. Obviously, you still have your big E3 showcase. You can you know, talk about a lot of stuff there, future games. But the games that are coming in 2023, I think the developer directs make a lot of sense. So I'm looking forward to it. Gary, what are your thoughts on a developer direct, as Paris talked about, right? The dev team talking to you directly. You know, we've seen this before, right? Inside Xbox used to be that, like, hey, once a month, it's kind of for the hardcore of hardcore. We're going to give it to you. People got burnt out on that. We want hot sizzle reels. Of course, we get only E3 last year, right? Do you like the developer style direct here, or should this be a showcase of games and dates and get you hyped to start off the year? I'm going to reserve judgment on on the thing until, you know, a week from now when I've seen it. But for right now, knowing what I know about these type of events in the past, I'm a, I, I, I'm a little bit ambivalent about it. I mean, I'm in two minds about it. Um, I, think it I think it can be good. Um, and I'm glad that Microsoft is doing an event because, as we've said before, they, they, they have a little bit of a job to do in getting people excited about what's coming in 2023, right? We know Starfield's big. The, the games they're featuring are all going to be big. But there is this sense that, there isn't, an, there isn't as much excitement around the Xbox right now as we might like, right? 2022 is a relatively quiet year. 2023 needs to be bigger. And a lot of that's going to depend on how these games go. 
I don't doubt that motorsport, not for me, but I don't doubt that motorsport's going to be a banger. Everything else, I think there's a very slim chance that Starfield could miss, but I think it's probably going to do it. Um, Redfall and what was the other one? Minecraft Legends. Minecraft Legends. I think, I, I think you know, this is very, like, the, all things being equal, chances are all four of those games, I think, are probably going to be good to great. Like, none of those, I don't think any of them are going to be a stinker. If any of them Redfall, just because it's the only one that's like, I don't know, just who knows? I just don't well, know. Well, your fantasy, well your we drafted fantasy that for you on fantasy, well, so our bad. <laughs> so on that, um, on the format, I worry a little bit sometimes about these formats because I think that for the, for the, major, I think for the vast majority of people, if the job is to get people who aren't already excited, excited, the way to do that is with gameplay footage. And the way to do it is show yes. me the game. And this is why Nintendo is so. Like, to me, the Nintendo Direct is the is is the template for how you do this. They, there's no fat in Nintendo Directs, right? Maybe one game isn't for you. You got to wait. Oh, I don't care about Tales of whatever, some JRPG. Give me the next thing. But for the most part, like, there's no fat. Like, and now, hello, please look at this game. On to the next. On to the next. On to the next. And it's and, you know, it's it, it, there's no fat. It's sorry, it, it, it's all like lean meat on that. Everything is. You know, they don't waste any time. They don't have 15 minutes of developers sitting around talking about mm -hmm. the game. Microsoft and Sony both have done that in the past sometimes, where they show a bit of footage, the trebuchet thing aside, legendarily you know, ill-advised. Yep. Mm -hmm. But I, my worry is, if when, when, you've got a, when you've got a format where it's just like some media-trained developer sitting on a couch on a nicely designed set with a friendly interviewer, you know, throwing them softball questions, how excited are you about this game, right? Like... That for people that are already in, like I, I need to know everything. But I'm already at Redfall. I'm all in. I need to know everything about it. I want to listen to a developer talk to it, talk to me about for, for 20 minutes. That's those people are going to be very well served. But if you're on the fence, if you don't know what Redfall is, seeing some guy sitting on a, on a couch for 20 minutes, it's not going to do it for me. And it doesn't generate headlines either. New Redfall footage is is mind blowing. Or they've announced some incredible new feature, and maybe they'll do that. I don't know. That gets a headline. Redfall developer says he's really excited about making Redfall is not going to do anything like it's not that's not going to make a splash and so I think those I, I honestly switch off I'm interested in video games and the games that I'm really interested in maybe I will sit and listen to the developer but for the most part I think that format more often than not just sitting around talking about a game and it's you know it's all very you know because it's it's their own thing right it's not like you're sitting with a with an actual journalist who might ask you a real question all this is done in advance. It's all scripted, right? Everyone, every, and nothing's going out unless Microsoft's approved it. This is equally true for Sony, Nintendo, any major company. All these showcases are, you know, stage managed down to the last thing. Everyone knows what they're going to say. And it's, to me, it's a snooze. Okay. Okay. Paris, I saw you raise your hand really quick before I start talking. Lay it on me. Yeah. It's, yeah. Just really quick. Just to Gary's point. See, I, I, I don't think that's what they're going to do this no. i actually think to what you were originally saying i think this is gameplay i, hope I think so. you you i think you have the development teams introduce the game oh i'm going to show you some footage of redfall let the game do the talking and then maybe you know they highlight some key points you know maybe a voiceover while the gameplay is going or something at the end of key things that they want people to pay attention to but i think like you're saying you get people excited by showing them gameplay not talking on a couch so right. i fully expect Gameplay of Forza, gameplay of right. Redfall, gameplay right. of Minecraft, etc. So, yeah, yeah. If it's just them sitting around talking about the game, you could just throw that up on YouTube, right? And exactly. Be done. 
And it, and it may, yeah. and it may be that where I'm coming from here is they that that one they that they did that one last time that where there was yeah, a lot of yeah, sitting yeah. around on couches uh-huh, and yeah, yeah. and it may well and it may well be and people were underwhelmed and may and maybe Microsoft have looked at that and said let's not do that exact same format again right let's go back towards um, gameplay and like the thing the things that are actually going to catch people was a ta- catch yeah. right? it may be that I'm unfairly kind of judging them for the the things that where they've they've kind of like slightly of the miscalculated right? in the past new like right? I said I'm going to withhold judgment mm-hmm. until. I'm basically agreeing. It may sound like I'm disagreeing. I'm agreeing with them. I'm saying I'm withholding judgment. I hope that it's more gameplay focused than developer, you know, with a new jacket sitting on a couch that he's bought just for the occasion. Like, I don't give a shit about that. I want to show me the games. Well, well, we'll see again. That's, that's why I said uh, when I was, I was talking before, I think the host format is better served during E3 or FanFest right. or like the showcase extended. Um, you know, I got to do a couple of years ago where you're not necessarily ready to show full on gameplay. This is kind of the initial announcement of, of said game. And then you can have the developers kind of talk about it more because you're not going to really see that game again for another year, year and a half, two years or something like that. So I think those events make more sense for that kind of stuff. And it looks like I'm moving around on the camera, but that makes more sense to do it at E3 versus the developer directs yeah. should be all about gameplay. Yeah, I agree with you on that one, Parison. Yeah, it's so interesting to get this announcement and where we were just three weeks ago, right? We talked about it here on the X-Cast of you have the big summer blowout. You show off 50 games coming to Xbox and Game Pass, and they're all slated for the next 12 months, and then we don't put any dates on that, right? And now we get six months into that year, and we go, okay, well, it's time to put some dates on it. It's time to release these games, and we started off the new year dead silent right after the game awards we questioned does xbox really have it right when will you announce these games if we have a six months lead up to what you promised was going to be out here right and now they announce the developer direct and i think it is such an interesting move here because i think a lot of people if you would have asked them before this was announced was oh they got to have some sort of nintendo direct type style a playstation inside whatever they call that right where it is hey here's all the hype sizzle reel trailers Here's the dates to them. You'll play them now, right? Instead, it looks like they've gone, well, we can't call it these third-party teams to say, give us your dates, give us your games. Let's look inward and bring what we have to the table with our first-party teams, right? And so for me, Gary, I'm on the opposite side where this stuff does get me excited, right? I love when Xbox or any developer, right, goes, hey, welcome into our building. Show off the doors, right? We go to Rare across the pond, and they show you the beautiful campus, and Joe and the team sit down, and they talk about their game. And what I can expect is it's Mike and Paris and Gary. We're sitting on the couch, and we go, yeah, here's the game. And we start breaking down the just nuances of the games that these people are going to see. Now, is this for the general mass audience? Is this something I'm going to send to my little brother and say, get ready to get hype about this? Absolutely not. This is for the people like us who've been chomping at the bit to learn more and really want to see. That's the thing. The I, I, when it's when it, when these deep dives, I think to a large extent, are preaching to the already converted. Yeah, and again, that that's fine. It's like hey, we're going to serve our hardcore fans. Nothing wrong with that. But if you're if you're looking to grow your audience and like and catch people, it's like people, someone's mm-hmm. walking. About, oh, what's that? Like again, no one's going to do that with some dude on a couch. It's going to yeah. be gameplay. And so, well, like I said, we'll know in a week how if they've got the balance right. Exactly. And for me, I'm at the point with Xbox of where we were with these games in particular. I'm enough with telling me about it. Show me, right? I'm at the show, don't tell type phase. With Especially these games. since Xbox gamers are feeling a little bit, you know, like give us some shit. Mm-hmm. Like we're ready for some shit. <laughs> I want to know. I want you to show me 
Redfall in action. We've had enough conversation of, oh, is it Left for Dead? No, it's not Left for Dead. Well, is it Borderlands? No, it's it's a mix of Borderlands meets Far Cry. It's this open world, but it's not that big of an open world because there's no vehicles. I don't want any of that. What I want to see is the development team sit down, and I want you to jump in to single-player gameplay. I want you to show me why I should care. I want you to jump into multiplayer and justify why me and Paris should care about multiplayer after the mixed messaging of, well, there's no shared progression and only the host progresses the story. Like, I got to see that in action so I know when me and my friends want to play this if I should be calling them up or not. Because as of right now, I'm on the fence about a number of these games, especially Minecraft, Sports I know is super nerdy, but show me the gameplay, Lou. That lack Sell of shared progression on thing. Just first of all, on, on that, isn't we're going to talk about Isn't that a head scratcher? Like, why, isn't it, why isn't it the other way? Why can't we all progress? Like, is there some technical reason or a creative decision? No, because I, I don't understand it. I'm hoping they answer that. Paris, what do you got for me there? I mean, I mean you're, you're, you're saying it exactly. I should come out of this direct developer, direct showcase, whatever we're calling it. I should know exactly what Redfall is. Yep. That. I, I, I sh when it ends, I should go, okay, that's Redfall. That's the gameplay. This is how the co-op works. I'm either excited about it or I'm not. Well, Paris, even sorry, yeah, look, look, sorry to, that, to that point, let me ask you this, because, I mean, they've shown it a couple of times, right? Like, do you think that there's still confusion about what Redfall is that they need to clear up? Like, what is this game? Yeah. Okay. Totally. Yeah, because, totally. okay, because, I mean, think about it. A lot of people still think it's Left for Dead. I mean, sure, he talked about it in an article, but now this is their opportunity to talk directly to the audience to say, this is what the open world of Redfall looks like. This is how the drop-in, drop-out co-op works. Yeah, exactly. This is how the progression works. This is their opportunity to answer those, it's little, those questions. It's a little something from my world as a screenwriter. Number yeah. one rule, show, don't tell. Show, don't tell, Gary. I learned that no. from you is right. And, you know, that's where we're at. And that's what I want to talk about here on this week's episode. You know, we've called it expectations, but really it is, what do you want to learn from these four games as we go down the list, right? And I want to start off with Redfall since we've been talking about it, right? And I know at the top of our list for all of these is going to be release date, right? I expect that release date should be tagged on to every single one of these four games that we see throughout this, right? You get an ESO update. That's a slam dunk easy release date, right? That's probably not much that people have been asking for or even thinking about, right? The three that are coming from the summer, we're looking to be slated and dated, right? Forza was supposed to be spring. Redfall, we don't know where Redfall is, right? Is it delayed? Is it the first week of May? We've only heard rumor. We haven't give heard a, the direct. Give me a spicy we prediction, want that. everybody, you know? Like, I mean, uh, I was, Mike, what's your spicy prediction on? I, I mean, honestly, drops? I don't care about the release dates at all. Really, my spicy, my spicy take is show me the game, right? That's where I want to be at right now. I don't want to walk away wondering, is this Left 4 Dead? Is this Far Cry? Like I said before, previous to this, I want to see the game in action. I want you to show me why I should care because there's a lot going into this game, right? We know what Arcane is capable of, and Barrett, you know it in particular. The gameplay is incredible when they show off their features and what that gameplay is capable of in the player's hands, right? Now you take that single-player format that they're so well-known for, make it multiplayer. Now you add in, oh, there's guns, there's rarity, there's levels to it. Okay, well, what is that, right? Because if I just pick up a shotgun and it's blue compared to green and it sees tiny little leveling things, I don't really care for that. That doesn't hook me. Borderlands hooks people because there's a million different guns and different variations and people go wild for that. If it's the same crossbow or the same assault rifle, you can count weapons off of something I care about there, you know? So I don't care about release dates either. I do. 
Well, the reason I brought up specifically for Redfall, right, is because there are two big Bethesda releases, one of them not at this showcase. So I feel like if like when it comes to Redfall and if trying to like guesstimate where that comes, I feel like maybe that gives us a, so a, an, an idea of what Starfield is. Essentially, like. Bear, your thinking is, are they going to do what they did to Forza Horizon last year with Halo Infinite, where you mm. release Forza Horizon a month before the next big dog, and everybody forgets about that game. Not like I'm they did. That was a great game. I, um, are we going to get that with I want. Game? I want to have the conversation with Paris about the release date yeah, thing, because he just said he disagreed with me. And, may, and maybe it's because he's coming at it from like the position of like an analyst or an observer or a pundit or whatever. I, I try to come to it from the point of view of, like, as I sit here, I don't really, cons- I'm not a, 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 a pundit or an analyst or an observer. I'm just someone who likes to play Xbox You're Gary games. freaking Witter. And... <laughs> <laughs> and like when and when when and, and here's the other thing. I'm not super excited about this event because I'm not super excited about any. I'm not going to play motorsport. I don't play that game. I play Horizon because it's more my speed. Okay. Redfall could potentially be cool. Um, and the, the others, I'm like, I can take them or leave them. So like, there's nothing in here. I'm desperate mm-hmm. to know more about. That's again, that's just my personal taste. For every like me, there's many many others. I, like, oh my god, motorsport, Redfall. These are the games I'm into. Great. But like, so from my point of view, even if it was a game I was super excited about, and at the end of the thing, they drop a release date, July 15, October 20, November 1st. So what? Okay, that's when I'll play it. I've got fucking life. I've got things to do. I've got a life to live. I've got other games to play. When the game comes out, I'll play it. It's not like I'm like bouncing off the walls until the game comes out. Some people are. But I don't really like the game comes out when it comes out. I don't really care about the release date. I know it's coming out eventually. And then the problem with the release dates these days, of course, is they don't mean anything. They slip all the time, so you can't even you, can, you can't even take that to the bank when they when when they announce it. Starfield's already slipped once. Well, let's that, ha- that's that's the game. That's the game I'm most excited about, and that's uh, uh, shunned to us. I watch the yeah. Starfield event because I'm genuinely intrigued by it. Paris, why do you care about release dates? Mm-hmm. Well, it, it, it's actually a combination of obviously we we do this show and we've speculated a lot over the past couple of years about their releases. They obviously had a very dry 2022. Just from a gamer standpoint, I want to know when I can expect these games. Like to your point, yes, release dates slip all the time. But I here's my crazy conspiracy Steve coming out of this event speculation that I, I would imagine as far as release dates go. Um, we already know that Age of Empires 2 on consoles coming at the end of January. Correct. I would imagine something like Elder Scrolls Online is probably a February release that you could then probably drop in. Uh, Forza in March. You could have Minecraft Legends in April. You have Redfall in May. You know, there's obviously crazy rumors swirling around that maybe Starfield doesn't come out before June, but let's just say for argument's sake, boom, Starfield comes out in June. Now here comes the E3 showcase. We reset the clock again and we move on from there. They've now given you six months of content from their first party studios for the first half of the year. That's what they not that they got to do that every year, but to kind of make up for the lack of 2022 and to kind of set the table for 2023, that would be very impressive coming from Xbox if they were able to hit that cadence. But as a pure gamer, like I'm excited for Redfall. I want to play Redfall. So, yeah, I want to know a date when that comes out. My kids and I are going to play Minecraft Legends. I want to know a date for that. I, I will be playing Forza. So, yeah, I want to know a date for that. So that's kind of my my reasoning for it. And And I think I would say if they walked out of this event and they weren't put dates on things, that would be a huge disappointment. Ooh. Why did you even do the showcase? It'd be wild. I'll that, tell you another reason. That, yeah. I'll tell you another reason why I don't care about release dates. Tell me. 
and, and, and again, I can only speak for myself. Okay. And I'm sure there are many, many, many other gamers out there whose lives are structured in such a way that if there's a game they're super excited about, they're going to get it all preloaded and they, they, they can't wait to play it. And they're going to be playing that game at 12.01 a.m. the day it comes out. I've got games on my backlog, major AAA titles that have been out for like a year or more and I still haven't got around to them. So it almost doesn't matter when it becomes available. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. To, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll distill it for you. It doesn't matter to me when the game becomes available to me. It matters when I become available to the game. And I've got, I've got two kids and I've got a busy job. Like I said, I shouldn't even be here today. I sound like the guy from Clerks. I shouldn't even be here <laughs> today. Be here with me. And so like, it, do, it, it doesn't matter to me when the game comes out because I, I, I'll get to it when I get to it. There's a handful of games in, on the planet that I will, like, if I, once I know the date, when there's, there's some release dates I care about. I'll give, I'll give you an obvious one off the top of my head, like a Dragon 2. When they announce that date, I'm blocking time out to play it because there's no way that game's sitting on my hard drive and I ain't playing it because it's one of my all-time favorite games. handful of games like that, yes, I do care about the release dates. Most of them, I'll get to it when I get to it. And that's not, I, I, don't, I don't mean that to sound like I'm apathetic about video games. I love video games, but my life just does not allow me to play them whenever I want. And so the release date doesn't really, you can't dictate to me when I'm going to play a game. So, well, it comes out October 20th, so you'll be playing October 20th. No, I'll play it when I've got the time to sit down with it. So the release date doesn't matter to me that much. And again, yeah. that's just me. Exactly. And then on the opposite side, there are people around the globe who are excited about Redfall, Minecraft Legends, who will do just that with your, what you're going to do with Like a Dragon. But let's go, let's talk about the game really quick. Paris, you know, I've talked about the weapons. I've talked about the gameplay. I've talked about multiplayer. What is something, one thing that you want to learn from Redfall leaving after this besides the release date? I mean, it's we've talked about it a million times. It's how is progression going to work in this game, both in co-op and single player? I know they've talked about it, you know, and there's been in articles and things, but I want to hear the final definitive answer on how is progression going to work. If I start up a single player game and 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 I'm playing and my buddies jump in, do they get credit for anything that we do in the game? Let or me... is it only, or is it only when they start up their own games? you know, in Redfall. So, so, and I, like I said, I know they've talked about it before, but I want to hear the final answer on that because I think you're kind of in agreement with me on, on it, Mike, not having progression in co-op is, is kind of disappointing. Can I, and, 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 and so this is really interesting to me in anticipation of that answer, in lieu of that answer, I want to, I want to just speculate as to why, if, if they're saying, okay, look, we'll explain to you why, but if, if everyone jumps into Mike's game and we all go through the story together, only Mike progresses. When you go start your own game, you're back to square one. Yeah. I'm not an expert on development, but I, I understand a little bit, even as a layperson, like what the technical challenges and difficulties are, why some things you can't just like make it happen. Um, there's either a technical reason why it's not happening or they, it, 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 they, they either can't do it or they won't do it. There's either a technical reason why they can't do it or they can, but, but for a gameplay creative reason, they've chosen not to do it. And for the life of me, I can't think of a single explanation that satisfies either of those. Why not do it? Why can't we all progress together? Paris, did you have something before I give the breakdown for people listening out there? No, no, no. Please okay. continue. So just for everybody listening out there, of course, if you haven't been keeping up or maybe you're lost on what is this progression right now, this is from Game Rant, who had the first article about the progression and what multiplayer you can expect. So the positives for players Players who participate in multiplayer will, will be able to keep their loot and character progression. No limit on who is who. Each player can play as any of the four characters you want. So you can have four of the same characters. You're going to keep that player progression. You're going to keep those weapons. The big negative that me and Paris are talking about is 
any story progression is not shared, <laughs> but only progressed for the session's host, meaning the other three players will have to replay the missions in their own world. And so the big negative out of that is, is if me, Paris, and Gary have a great night of gaming, we play for four straight hours, we're laughing, having a blast, these two dudes are going to go back to their own world and have to replay all four of those hours to get to those missions on their well, own. Okay, right? so okay, so again, this is maybe why we need to hear from the developer. Yep. So, like, what is your so? What do you think? Let's say that you, me, Mike, sorry, you, me, Barrett, and Paris mm-hmm. team up as a four-player squad, and we all play the first night that it comes out, and we and we all progress to like the third mission, right? If we all come back to, if, and if we all leave and then all come back together as the same squad, the same four players, are we all where we were? Well, uh, we're because where, you as the host would define is. where we start from, Correct. right? Okay, I so that define. would work. Yeah. But if, I, but if someone has to swap out, I, I, it's just like, if, if, I, if I then want to host, let's say I want to host a game and play with a different set of people. We go to your world. Right. And, and, and we start where I'm at. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know. Just, I, I, I don't know. It's a very interesting beast. And that's what I would like to learn. From Redfall. That's my biggest concern is as a big multiplayer guy, that's what I want to know. Because as many people around the globe will know, your same four friends aren't going to have the same timing, the right. same squad up every single day. They're not going to be able to play as much as you want. So are you going to sit around and wait for them? Will I just be playing this game single player then and not worry about the multiplayer factor at all? Or will we just go willy-nilly into it? And not really care. I feel about like I'm missing something dumb, and I'm gonna. I'm not even gonna go to the comments this week because I'm gonna get hammered in the comments for missing something <laughs> obvious. But like my preference would be if you and I played through to like the third mission, mm-hmm. and to, and the next day I'm like, oh man, I was really into that. I kind of want to pick that up, and I go back to my and I pick it up by myself. I'm not gonna be on the third mission, you know? right? I didn't. My character didn't get progressed. I got to play the first couple of. Maybe I don't want to do that. I don't know. That's the issue, Gary. Let's move on to the next big one, Forza Motorsports, that I know me and Paris are excited about. And this one I've wrote down, just talk nerdy to me, right? Like this team is going to talk real nerdy to the audience and a lot of it's going to fly over my head, right? I have no idea what they mean at all when it comes to ray tracing on track, what it means to have day-night cycles and the weather's going to affect your car and grip, right? Like what I'm looking for as a beginner GTA or GT7 fan who just jumped into that world last time on the track last year on PlayStation who loved it, right? As someone who loved You love GT7? Loved it, Gary. And I'm going to tell you why. On the other side, of course, I'm an arcade sim guy like Gary, where I love Forza Horizon. That's fun as a beginner racer fan, right? I need to know what the hook and draw is of Forza Motorsport besides just going on these beautiful tracks and beating my time by milliseconds, right? For GT, the hook was simple. The car history, right? The whole campaign was about learning about cars. And if you really were interested in becoming a gearhead, right? They had a great story of yeah, teaching it's for about car these fetishists cars, and motorsports the same, right? yeah. But now the catch is, is I don't know Forza Motorsport. Does it have a campaign, Gary? Like the longest yard over, or you know, the long shot in Madden? Does it have this killer gripping story that I need to know about? In I don't. Car? I don't. Th- I mean, again, no. I don't. I don't mess with the motorsport yeah. games, but like, I don't think they've ever had any kind of so story element. What is the What is the hook for me on this game as a novice racing fan that's going to bring me back more than day one or weekend number one? That's what I want to learn from Forza. Well, I'll answer it by by saying what what I'm looking forward to. It's 
you're collecting collecting all the cars obviously number one as as a as a car enthusiast that's one of the main attractions of the forza motorsport series is going through and collecting all the cars you're going to go through and do all the various tournaments and rallies and races and, and and things that you can do in the circuits and rank up and do all of that the thing that excites me the most about it is going to be the tuning aspect of it. Mm. They kind of touched on it a little bit uh, during the E3 showcase, but it seems like this is going to be even more advanced than we've seen in previous iterations of motorsport. And then it's just going to be online racing with your friends, <laughs> be it in person or with the driver tar stuff. That's going to be a lot of, so you're going to see a lot of racing clubs, you know, sprout up out of this game. There, there's going to be a lot, a lot of fun to be had just doing that as well. And then obviously the, is it the libraries? I believe I'm screwing it up, but all the yes. various paint jobs that you'll be able to do custom designs that you're going to see the community be able to create. That's going to be very exciting to see as well, because the one thing that I'm not worried about with this game is it is probably going to be the the most visually stunning game on the Xbox Series X without question. That's just one thing turn 10 has always been able to do throughout the history of the yeah. Forza series is just the visual showcase that mm -hmm. we're going to get. So to your point, Mike, I'm not worried about Ray Tray. I don't care. I already know it's going to look great. Yeah. It's just going to be the actual tuning aspects, getting on the track, racing with my friends. That's, that's what I'm going to say. I feel, I, I feel the same way. And I think that I, this is like, I don't care enough about motorsport to even have a question. Mm -hmm. But if you actually put a gun, ask a question about motorsport. My question would be, and again, this may has probably been answered in the past because, you know, these games are on this fifth, sixth, seventh iteration between Horizon and, and Motorsport. Um, can I, as someone who enjoys Forza Horizon, because it is more arcadey, can I come over to Motorsport and, and, and find it accessible? Given that it's a game that is obviously yes. aimed more at yeah. you know, the tuners and the, and the high-end gearheads and mm -hmm. the people that want to sit there with the $1,000 racing wheel and the whole setup and really get into it and the fine-tuning is there a way to tune the game that's going to make it at, like, at least as close to as accessible and, and easy to pick up and play as Horizon? Otherwise, it's not going to work for me. I understand that it's a different market, and there are people that have those racing wheel setups, and they're really hardcore into it, and that game is for them. The yeah. question is, can it also be for me? Yeah, it can be because because what they're going to do is they can they're literally going to put training wheels on for you is from a difficulty standpoint where you don't have to worry about all the various tuning aspects of it. You can and dumb it down is is the wrong word here but no, you can for me, simplify for me that's exactly right yeah they're going to dumb it down <laughs> you, for you Gary yeah. Right. yeah yeah but you can simplify it enough that you just get in the car and go you okay. don't have to worry that's about what, what engine to swapping out the yeah. tires and all that and the fuel you don't have to worry about that you can have your racing line the, the whole thing or you can go the uh, the opposite extreme and this is just pure sim where like you said all the hardcore racers got the the wheels and their set up in their living rooms and every aspect of of what a real race car would be would would be in motorsport so you can go either way or like me i'm kind of right in the middle of it where i don't want to go too hardcore i don't want to simplify right. it too much i want to be able to tune some things and kind of you know have some influence on how, how my car handles versus you know just what what the game would dictate you know on, on the simplest settings one thing um one thing that I do absolutely agree on is that I, I would I would make a big prediction. I think I mean not like an outright. I'm saying I would bet a lot of money on this prediction that it will that as Paris says it will net, it will set a new technical high standard oh, yeah. for current gen gaming. Even and, and include PlayStation Five as well. The the Digital Foundry headline they can just write it right now is my prediction. Like you know new you know thoughts of motorsport you know the new the new technical you know high watermark you know for 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 console gaming. Like I feel like that's gonna happen. 
The problem for me is if I don't want to play the game, who cares? It's like when I used to hang out on like Blu-ray forums and like, oh, this is the this is the ref <laughs> this is the best reference audio Blu-ray. But if the movie's shit, who cares? Right. You know? Yeah, yeah. So here's some of your fun facts on Forza and about turn 10 here. They said spring 2023 was the projected release date. It is built from the ground up for Xbox Series X and S. The quote from the Xbox Summer Showcase was most technically advanced racing game ever made, is what they said, Gary Witta. Now, from a lot of other people, you'd go, come on. But from these guys, you've you, you got to you take it seriously. It, right. yeah. uh, the team has overhauled the driving experience with 48 times improvement uh, in the fidelity of their physics engine. There's a new dynamic time of day. Day and night cycles on the track will affect the track surfaces and race conditions. Uh, there will be new features like tire and fuel management, a new in-depth car building, uh, elevated car damage with individual car scratches to cover every detail. That's when you rub a little bit of like when you like when Gary. you said fuel and tire management, I almost you just immediately fell right here. Right there. I know, <laughs> I know. Let's move on to the next one. I know we're all three excited about that is Minecraft Legends. And what do you want to learn of Minecraft Legends? Because it's been very interesting to not only see the little bit of hints of gameplay, but the wording that they've used. Action strategy game in a familiar world that millions know and love. Mm -hmm. And so I've watched a lot of videos on this to try to figure out what does action strategy mean? Is it an RTS? Is it an action game with hack and slash mechanics? What is this game? Because when we see the gameplay of it, it's a little bit of both. There's base building. There's fortification. There's units on the screen. But then there's one single giant hero that you are, the legend right there that you control. And so there seems to be a lot going into it. And some of the coolest things that I found about the details of is the story is centered around you. You are the main character. Uh, they said it's like a Ben Time story or a fabled legend of the overworld, which is the world of Minecraft. It's not, you know, the end all be all story of origin for overworld, but they think it's a fun little twist on it. You will have base building and RTS like combat familiar mobs from Minecraft, and introducing new ones. There'll be fun lore on why the zombies and skeletons live in the daylight. Of course, Gary, as you know, playing Minecraft, skeletons and creepers can't be out during the daytime, so they put hats on them to make it look cute. I thought that was a fun little one right there. And of course, the team has created a story that blends well within vanilla Minecraft world. They've been working on this since 2018. Looks beautiful. With look Mojang, at that Blackbird, mm -hmm. uh, Blackbird Interactive in Canada, and teams at Redmond uh, in Washington. And so some very interesting stuff. But Paris, the big one I want to learn is the gameplay, right? We come off of what Mojang is doing. I think maybe 343 and Halo can take some notes out of this. Is like expanding the genres of a certain world, right? We're coming hot off of Minecraft Dungeons, which was essentially the hack and slash dungeon exploration game, just like a Diablo, right? And it worked so mm -hmm. well, and it was a mm -hmm. ton of fun. We've mm -hmm. seen Telltale play in this sandbox and yeah, they made story, story mode, yeah. driven games right if you remember that now we go into something that just has me kind of in a tongue twist paris lily of action strategy game and i just can't see it quite yet because they haven't shown a lot of it for us on the outside but like that's what i want to see is how does this game play because now they want to talk about pvp in a 4v4 type situation in this game as well. And I think that's kind of interesting. So for me, it is show me the gameplay so I can truly wrap my head around how do I control my main hero units? How do I somehow control units for RTS-like games that is usually point yeah. and click and drag, but it's not that because it's on a controller as well. So that's what I want to see, Paris. What about you? 
Yeah, I think you you nailed it. Uh, now, Gamescom had some gameplay. I don't know if you saw some of that in in some of the videos that you're watching, but to to your point, it's understanding how that gameplay loop works. Where yeah. you you're that main character, but you're obviously doing some some RTS elements and sending other troops out to do various things. How is that being controlled? I, I often wonder if it's you know kind of similar to Cult of the Lamb in that way from from a gameplay standpoint. But we'll obviously see once we get hands on with it. But I think the thing that they obviously you know talked about for the developer direct is that PvP mode, and that's going to be something they're going to highlight uh, during that showcase. So I'm very interested to see that like i said for me and my kids you know we would be that part of that 4v4 pvp where we obviously we can go up against four other people so so that would be a lot of fun as well to see i i still contend this has an opportunity to be be the biggest surprise that comes out of all of this that we see in the first half of the year i think you know minecraft obviously is a highly visible ip if they nail the gameplay it's fun you know it's very inclusive get the kids get the adults get everyone jumping in wanting to play and having fun i think they could you know they could have a big hit on their hands for sure yeah big hit and you know some of the interesting ones i took away from that gamescom that you brought up right procedurally generated multiplayer maps so that's always yeah. interesting to me as someone who loves Diablo, Gary, and I love a having a new dungeon every single time. Having that in a multiplayer situation, very interesting, right? And there's going to be resource management as well in this, right? Yep. Like you mm -hmm. have units like Warcraft, you and I will know, Gary, is I send my peons to go over there and chop down wood. Same thing's going to happen here, right? You're either going to be right. getting redstone, you're going to be getting whatever those kind of resources are to help build up. So a lot going into this that I'm interested in. What about you, Gary? What are you thinking? So of the four, this is actually the one that I'm most interested in, purely because of my kid. Yes. My kid loves Minecraft. Yep. You know why? Because she's a 10-year-old human being. <laughs> she loves <laughs> Minecraft. And I don't care for, like, Minecraft, the, I mean, obviously, I think the, the, the base Minecraft game, obviously, there's a reason why it's the, the biggest game on the planet. And, you know, I understand why people like, love it. It's not something I've ever personally had an interest in. But when Minecraft Dungeons came out, it was such a gift for, to me as a dad, for me and my daughter, because we were able to connect together. I see Paris nodding as well. Like, so the, the, my daughter, I know nothing about the Minecraft lore. My daughter knows everything. So when we played together, she loved explaining to me, oh, that's the, the difference between a creeper and a zombie yes. and like this and that. And like, she would explain all these things. And it was, a, it was a real way for us to connect as a father and a daughter playing a game together. At the same time, I loved watching her get into like a quote-unquote prop, because it's a proper video game, right? It's a Diablo-type game. And watching her, I, it's one of my favorite memories as a dad of like the last few years, is watching her like between, like before we go to the next level, oh no, I've got to go to the shop and like upgrade all my stuff. And like, hmm, should I swap this out for that? And it's like, oh, like this is, this is a proper video gamer now. And I loved every minute of it. And that was brilliant. So I have two questions about this new one um, in ascending order. First question is, and you've touched on it already, well, what is it? Minecraft Dungeons was a very easy proposition, right? It's, it's, it's Diablo in the Minecraft universe, right? I, 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 okay, good. I got it. Let's go. I instantly understand it. And that's what it is. And that was the genius of Minecraft Dungeons. Mapping the Minecraft universe onto an already very well-established and popular type of video game that we already know about. Brilliant. Great way to, to start expanding the Minecraft universe. This one, I look at the trailer, I'm like, I don't know what it is. I'm like, is it this? Is it that? Is it a bit of this and that? I don't know. This is what the developer direct is designed to answer, right? So let's find out. The second question is, can I play it with my kid? Because that's all. That's the only way I'm going to play it, and that's all I really care about. Can I have the same 
kind of daddy-daughter video game bonding experience that I had with her on Dungeons. That's what I mostly care about. Paris is nodding like the whole time here as yeah. well. Yeah. I mean, that, that's 100% it. I mean, it's for everything that you just said. That was me with Dungeons with my kids. And when we initially saw it at the showcase last year, that was my instant thought was like, oh, shit, my kids are going to love this. I can't wait. You're right. Yes. So, yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. Now, I do have a side note, I guess I should say, because I've been thinking about this. Why has Microsoft not made this their Lego franchise where they partner up with other known IPs, popular franchises? Like, obviously, we know there's Lego Star Wars, Lego Batman, stuff like that. Why aren't they doing that with Marvel or something? Right. But call up Disney, make a partnership. I mean, so you have you these look, Minecraft. Games. Look at Fortnite. Look at what Fortnite does. Look at what yeah. even, look at what even what Fall Guys does. They have new IP skins every week now. Right. They just yeah. Skyrim, yeah. Doctor Who, they, they, they're, 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 they're people that are putting folk doing those merchandise deals to put four guy skins into the game. And the people at Fortnite, there's a massive team at Epic that just does nothing but make those deals. Like yeah. let's get Marvel in the game. Let's get Rick and Morty in the game. And so I, I agree with, um, I agree with Paris. I mean, I mean, the, the, I mean, the answer might be, the, the answer, the answer I will might say be, they have a lot of crossover. I'll give yeah. them the benefit of like, if you do go on, they have a number of, they skins do, pack. they do. So, and like, of course, to Paris's point, right. It was like, let's get into like building a universe and games around it. Right. Like, Minecraft vanilla, if I just put on a Disney Infinity skin, right? It's It only goes right. so far. And the, th and the thing right. is, and you're right. They, I, I remember they've done some interesting events, even things like where they've done stuff with like, you know, like UNICEF and like a special event for like to yep. raise awareness mm -hmm. of things. And Minecraft, and that's the great thing. When, my, when something becomes that powerful, that popular, you can use it for good, right? You can yes. draw kids' attention to, you know, issues and things like that. And I think that's all That's all great. Um, I, guess, I guess the point I'm making is, Maybe the reason why they don't do more of that is they just don't feel like they need it. Like, it, I, I can't even imagine how much, my, like, how much money do you think Minecraft has made since we started doing <laughs> this lot, yeah. podcast a today? I, mean, I don't mean like yeah, at yeah. the Xcast. I mean today, like an hour and a half ago. Like, they, I, they might, they might just not feel like they need to like push it anymore. And, and the thing is, like, you can. There might just, there might be a lot of bit of caution there. Like, we've already got this thing. It's a license to print money. Let's not overreach or overstretch one thing at a time dungeons was you know i thought dungeons was very clever because yeah. if that failed it doesn't affect the core minecraft yeah, yeah. game it was a spin-off but it was really successful so now let's try the next thing i think the path uh, they're on yeah. is very clever let's take Are the minecraft universe that's right and map it onto a whole bunch of really popular game types and i think that's what they want to do they want to have more experiences in the minecraft universe that was something they talked about uh during that gamescom event right it's like they're showing that right now. Their willingness to get outside of the box of vanilla Minecraft and give you something a little bit more, right? And we've had hints of it now. Dungeons into this. Let's see where we go off this. Right? So what do you think this is? Do you think it's, is it like an open world, like Zelda adventure story type experience? Is it, is it like, is it, I, more, or is it like a Rust kind of thing I've where you're building heard, a base? Like, I don't even know what it is. I see it more as Age of Empires, where when you think of Age of Empires, you know exactly yeah. what happens with their campaign, Right. It is you playing the Age of Empires RTS, but doing certain right. moments through to a get curated through, story right? experience. Exactly. Yeah. So that's how I envision their campaign to go. And then on the flip side, I envision four v four, just like an Age of Empires RTS okay. style game. Okay. And of course, that's what I want to see from this developer direct is to answer my question of: Am I completely wrong, or is that exactly what's about to happen? This is this is this like is the me. one that I th again for me. Like, if I'm going to watch any of the directs, I'm going to watch this because I'm genuinely curious about it because I, I want something new to play with my kid. Uh, so I want to know to what extent I can do that. I, I mean, I think that it would. I, it's almost impossible to believe that I won't be able to. Like, the whole point is like these games yeah, yeah, can yeah. bring families together. These games well, I mean, cross generational for you, appeal. 
right? For you, when I hear that, Gary, my concern is when we look at multiplayer PvP, will there be a PvP versus AI, right? You and your daughter are two teams, right. two more AI versus four AI. Or is it always going to be you and your daughter are two teams matched up my with Harris and his kids versus me and four sweaty? Uh, yeah, it's right? like, like... We don't want that situation in a game like no, that. No, absolutely, we absolutely don't want to play against the sweaties. It's, it's, it's no fun. And, you know, especially with kids, you have to be careful to what extent, you know, they are interacting Gary, online yeah. and, and so forth. Mm -hmm. um, but, like... When it comes to like just on the couch, me and my kid playing together, we can go either way. Like my 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 kid and I like our two favorite games to play are Nidhog Two and the Demon Slayer game, where we're just like beating the shit out of each other. She loves that; she's <laughs> hyper competitive. But she also loves games where we team up, like dungeons, where you team up and fight the computer and do things. So I want to, I want to, I think I'll have fun with it no matter what kind of. I think my kid and I'll enjoy it no matter what fun. Uh, sorry, no matter what kind of situation it's giving you. I'm, but I'm, I am curious to know more. Yep. And let's round this out. Of course, the final one that will be shown is ZeniMax Studios will bring a big update for Elder Scrolls Online. Of course, I looking back on Elder Scrolls Online, holy smokes, what a history. That released in April 4th, 2014. Hard to believe it has been almost, almost 10, years 10 old, yeah. full years of ESO. And that's a game I jumped into day one. I really loved ESO. With me and my friends, right? We played a ton of it, getting it to max level. And then after that, just like many MMOs, if you are not yeah. World of Warcraft, yeah. I will drop off after the first yeah. waiting for the content update. Yeah, I remember, right? uh, so, did you play, um, what was the Amazon one that they put out? New World. New World. For about, three, for about, for about six weeks, I was, I was, I was oh, so yeah, into yeah, New World. And then one day I'm just like, you know what? I'm done. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've done it all, right? And so for me, let's go over to the blog post just so the fans of Elder Scrolls Online know what to expect, right? Studio director Matt Fiore will unveil 2023's major chapter update, including the largest or the latest regions of Tamriel to become playable in ESO, as well as a major new feature coming to the game's biggest update this year. The developer direct will immediately be followed by a full standalone ESO chapter reveal event hosted by ZeniMax Online Studios, which will provide an all, all the in-depth details of ESO players want to know, right? So if you're into this MMO, you're going to get the big 2023 chapter update. You're going to see what the new playable area is. And of course, for many plans of MMO, what's the new feature? What are you going to give me that gets me excited to jump back in? What's the new thing for returning players? Or like me, right? If I'm sitting on the sideline, what is that big sell to bring me back? We saw it with World of Warcraft, right? The newest dragons dragon, release was Dragonflight. You yeah. get to ride a dragon. You yeah. get to become the And dragon, people love right? that expansion. And people love that. So can ESO answer that for fans of afar like myself and the diehard fans? Do they get what they want? I feel like it's funny because I've been saying for the longest time, like, where's my where's my Warcraft experience on console i want to sit on the couch and have a world of warcraft type experience where's that game i think it's entirely possible that elder scrolls it is sitting, elder sitting there in it, plain sight all this time and i'm just it not has. paying attention to it maybe i should get, i mean the last thing i need right now is another fucking time sink <laughs> but like may, maybe maybe that's the maybe that's the when i started playing new world my wife was like don't don't eat don't you dare go down that rabbit hole and then she mm -hmm. went down it with me um <laughs> but for the most part I just kind of feel like, I mean, it, 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 I, I don't know what their numbers are. Like, if they talk about how, how, how many people play it, like they're, you know, a monthly active users or whatever. But 
Look, I mean, there's a big focus of this. They have a big team working on it. They're expanding it. Clearly, there's a, a massive audience playing it. It's just, I kind of feel like for whatever reason, I just, it just, it's all happening like off my radar. I don't never think about Elder Scrolls online. You get your updates every single year at E3. And if you're not into it, you yeah, pass you're by, either into right? it. Yeah, ESO, exactly. You get Fallout 76. You get Sea of Thieves. Right. If you are that target audience, you are always excited to get more content. You love that the, they still believe in this game, right? But if you're a casual fan, this is going to come by you real quick. Maybe I'll go roll a character. Gary, if you want to roll a character, I I'll roll a character I with shouldn't. you. I shouldn't. It's a terrible idea. Because you're a big Destiny guy. Did you ever play ESO? Would this get you into ESO? Where do you fall with Elder Scrolls Online? Yeah, I've never played it. And okay. kind of like I like being married is part of the reason why right, I've never right? played yeah. it. But, uh, <laughs> but I, I am curious. I'm, I'm very intrigued to, to learn more about it. Like, shout out to Mav, because I know she she loves ESO. She mm -hmm. plays it. Um so I, I, I do want to see more. Maybe there's something in this, you know, uh, reveal that excites me to, to Gary's point. Maybe I do go roll a character just to check it out. But, you know, obviously so busy doing 10,000 other things. I don't know if I can invest the, the time, have the time commitment, you know, to yeah. truly invest into this game. So we'll see. But um, I will say the fact that they're also doing another event right after this to go more in depth kind of tells me that this is coming pretty quickly. So yeah. I, I could imagine after the, the showcase this probably drops in another week or two. Yeah. Totally. The thing that I like about jumping into it as a light, right. Cause yeah, you know, yeah. they're, they're always yeah. looking, they're always looking to bring new people in. They right? want they, you and I to, jump to expand back in, the base right. is that, I mean, I still have nightmares about that first weekend of World of Warcraft back in whatever it was, 2004. Yeah. Thanksgiving. Remember the Thanksgiving, 2004, was an absolute shit show. It was unplayable for a long time because everyone was piling in and yes, they couldn't yeah. keep the servers up and it was a mess. And it happened again with New, uh, New World. It wasn't the, the match you could, I mean, there were queues and it was a problem. Get, but, it, but it had a lot of the, this is the other reason why I don't necessarily care about playing games on day one because like so many games ship fucking broken. Mm -hmm. And the real release date is when the game is fixed. In Cyberpunk's case, it was years later. So I'd rather come in after you've got all your shit together and the game's not going to annoy me but, you know, for reasons that should have been fixed already. Um, New World... I don't, God knows what state it's in right now, but like one of the reasons I stopped playing was like they had like their, their economy was fucking broken and like yes. the game wasn't working right and it was boring. And, and they lost a lot of players when they realized that just, just you know, the, the economics of the game and a lot of the big macro issues just weren't working. If you jump into World of Warcraft and roll a new character day one or jump into a game that's really mature, most of that shit's been sorted out already. You know what I mean? You can come in when the game's already nice and smooth. That it's appeals a, to me. Game works out well, and yeah. you have a ton of content to jump into. Yeah. That's the exciting one. And also, I want to give a big shout-out. I know the Elder Scrolls Online fans who listen to us will know Elder Scrolls Online launched with a really dope PvP. The idea of this, like, gigantic war between the three factions where you jump in and there's tons of players That was what excited me the most. Really, really cool PvP-type situation. But it did not deliver on. on that. Um, but, yeah, you know what else? There's no Starfield. And I want to end the show with us taking a guess. Where do you think the Starfield presentation will be? Because that was the big one from, of course, Aaron Greenberg and the team. They made it very clear. It's going to get its Paris, own I'm show. I'm going to read it one more time, okay? This is what my guy Greeny said, okay? He says, to dedicate the proper amount of time for a deep dive into Bethesda Game Studio Starfield, a standalone show is in the works. I know. Let's I saw. I saw. I, I saw. I saw Paris angling for that job Paris. on Twitter. He wanted to he wants to present it. I think he should. Uh, Paris, I'd love that you and <laughs> let Todd, Paris host. Let's get Todd Howard up with you right away, man. I'd love that. Let's get Todd Howard on the show to come hang out with us. I'd like that. But Paris, I mean, we look at this. 
You know, they said within 12 months, we're in the six-month window, about to be five by the end of the month. Is Starfield hitting the first six months of the year? And also, where is this showcase? What do you think? When do I think they're going to have the showcase? Yeah, let's do the showcase. Let's do the showcase. Okay. Of course, so, uh, wouldn't, it be funny, dictate- wouldn't it be funny if they announced the date of the showcase and then that slipped? Oh, so no, you won't do that. <laughs> there's, a little, there's a little yellow card on Twitter. Oh, it's like, my. due to circumstances beyond our control, we can't do the showcase. It's got to, there'll be a new release date. I think it happens on May 5th, 2023, because that is National Space Day. Oh, oh that's, oh, a, good that, that's Paris, a good call. Paris stole mine because I was going to do May 7th for my birthday. Oh. Just because, you know, like Todd Howard's my fake, my fake uncle. And like, you know, he, he's going to deliver for my birthday. So right. I'm right there with you, Paris. But you have a much better one on May 5th. I what like is that. the current release date time. of the game? Uh, no release date. It oh, so they just announced that it was pushed, but they don't have a really, they don't have a date on it. The only kind of indication they had was from last year's E3 non E3 presentation, right? Where they're saying every game in this showcase will come out within the next 12 months, which would be, uh, this coming, I think mid to late June. Um, I, I don't think they still hit that though. Well, that's the thing. I mean, just, I mean, again, we talked, we talked about like, you know, a release date is not worth the paper it's written on. Like it doesn't, they they can say what they want, but we all know And then we took back the ink, you know, that's what happened with yeah here's what i say you do it on may 5th we could do it at the smithsonian at the air and space museum right yes. in front of the space shuttle Love this. sit down todd howard hey I, I can just be standing in the background somewhere smiling and blow it out 45 minute showcase standalone about starfield gameplay the whole thing and then you obviously end it with a release date if it is that late, if it's not until May 5th, then I, I don't think it would be June. It, would, six, no. it, it probably gets a little bit of a delay later into the summer, I would imagine, at that point. But I'll, I'll stick with May 5th. I mean, Do you well, think, that, assuming that May 5th, is, I think it's a cool idea, assuming that they did a May 5th showcase. And again, I don't personally care, but as a pundit, I'll ask the question for those who may care. Do you think they announce the release date on May 5th, if that's when they do the showcase? Yeah, that, that's what I mean. Okay. So that's what I'm saying. I think whatever, whenever the showcase happens, you have to end it with a release date. I, I don't think they can get away with not having a release date when they do it. But Matt, but the, the reason why I asked the question, I just want to like get the clarification. Is like, you know, given that it's pushed already, and we do live in this age of like, uh, like, what, what does a release date mean anymore? Like, we're all tired of like these games getting pushed. Like, if they announce a release date, that's the one they got to hit, right? Like, they, they've got to be a hundred yes. sure they can hit it. Yeah, but, like, if I was Phil Spencer or I would talk, I was like, do not bring me a release date until you're 100% sure we're hitting it because I am not pushing it again, you know? I don't think they can go to another E3 without having a release date for Starfield. Yeah. You could get to E3 and show, you know, a little piece more, but, like, we got to have that release date beforehand. For, sure. for me, out of all of these games that we see, that's the one where I'm like, oh, yeah, give me the 45 minutes of nothing but Starfield, right? Like, Redfall, you can't give me 45 minutes of can't do Minecraft 45 minutes, right? You can't do Forza 45 minutes. No. The audience wouldn't, wouldn't want that, right? Well, see, so like, they said Starfield. 43 minutes, four games, right? Yep. So probably it's going to be roughly even like 10 minutes a game. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Starfield, Starfield, though, yeah, obviously much more in-depth. Give me, give me 30 minutes pure of that. I, I want and, that. And they need it because, again, like the, the, that first presentation was was underwhelming to many people, myself included. I need – you've got to you, – I'm still yet to be wowed. By Starfield, I believe that ultimately, I still believe that that game, ninety-five percent chance, it's going to be an absolute banger, banger, classic. Um, again, too big to fail and all that. Uh, but I just, I, I'm not. 
in theory, I can see. I just I want to see something like I want to see something where like they show something and I go, now I get it. I see. I'm not there tweet yet. about it, and then I, then the music kicks in the background <laughs> of my head, Paris, and I'm like, man, this game oh, is gonna should, be real dope, y'all. You should have seen how many people got mad at me uh, yesterday <laughs> because because ironically, I I went back and watched the the sh- you know talk yeah, how I would yeah, do yeah. at the showcase, and to Gary's point. His words excite me more than what I've actually seen on the screen, you know, being being fully, you know, fully transparent here. But I see the potential of it. I see the ambition of what he's talking about. Then he was on the Alex Friedman podcast and talked about it more. So it's it's very ambitious what what they're attempting to do. So. If if they they can they can deliver that. And I think even the tweet I was saying, look, take all the time you need. If they got to delay this thing again, because they're not meeting that vision, please take more time to do that. Because I think what he wants to do, what he's attempting to do with Starfield is very exciting. And I think if they can get it out the gate, it's very polished. It's not buggy. And it meets everything that he's talking about. I mean, this this game is going to be special. It really is. Which shout out, shout out to Andrew Renee on what's good games because we we have a bet that I told her Elder Scrolls Six is not coming out till probably like twenty thirty or something. It will not be on the Xbox Series X, and part of the reason is they're all hands on deck with Starfield, so they're not going to really get started on Elder Scrolls Six until this game ships, probably whatever expansions come out, whatever. So it's. It's going to be a while before we see Elder Scrolls Six. I heard you say 6. that, Paris, and I, I'm all yeah. on board for you on that one. I, 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 yeah. you got that nail. I would be a little bit more on board with Paris and the whole like his words excite me more than like what they show. Um, if Bethesda had not slipped up in the past, in re- recently, you right. know, like Fallout seventy six, that launch was anyone so that, anyone that who ordered that special that. edition knows that there's a big difference between what you're promised and what you get. <laughs> oh my right? god, I forgot about the special. <laughs> Don't edition, forget right? about the bag, y'all. Don't that forget about that bag. bag. That bag, Gary, that bag looked forget. like that bag looked like something from Louis Vuitton. When you got it, it looked like it came from the fucking from the supermarket. It came from Kmart, as yeah. Well. Oh yeah, right. And so, Gary. and maybe I'm, I'm sure they've learned. I'm, again, maybe this is the reason why it won't because I'm sure Todd won't be like that. Is not happening. I'm not going to get embarrassed like that again. Todd Howard is a very, very smart man, and he's not yeah. where he is by accident. But they have fucked up in the past. Okay. So I, I like any amount of Todd or any, like, I don't care who you are, anyone coming and, 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 and delivering all these big promises. Game industry was built on empty promises. Again, show don't tell. Don't don't tell. And that's how we're going to end this episode. Of course, show really us. Really quick, Mike. Oh. Do we want to at least tell Gary what's on his Oh, yeah. We st- I still yes. want to know. Yes. I want to know if you yeah, fucked me up. Okay, that. yeah. Let, let's do that. Let's do that. Let's pause <laughs> for a second. Let, let's go down the list of this. Of course, before we go, we will take a look I, I at the look 2023 at Fantasy Critic Draft. Your squad, the X-Cast crew. We're going to go through all three teams. Let's start with Paris in the mind and then Gary. By the way, I told you how much I don't care. Do you know what my game, my, my, my game company is called? Yeah, I don't give a I don't, fuck. Yeah. I don't give a fuck I games. Was, yeah. You know, I appreciate that title. You know? Yeah, 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 yeah. So let's I didn't go. show up for the draft. I don't care what happens. You're yet. a jabroni, is right. I need you. So this year, me and Paris will take control of yours. But let's start with Paris. Paris, if you could list off your games there, because you did a little different this year. Of course, my two gaming dads, kind of half in, half out last year. Uh, we missed a couple of spots, but Paris. Week one, you said, don't worry, Mike, I got you. You drafted the whole team here. So let's talk about it, Paris. What do you got? Yes. Yeah, so real quick, uh, a certain person over at Bethesda gave me grief for not taking Starfield with the first pick because I debated between the two. But <laughs> so Sp- we'll, Sp- we'll Spider-Man was pick. your first pick? Yeah, yeah Spider-Man Honestly, was I, my that, first That's a safe uh, That's a like, yeah. I, I, I said yeah. Starfield 95%. Spider-Man 2 is 100%. Oh, exactly. got to deliver. Yep, yep, yep. All so, right. so yeah, so my first pick was Spider-Man 2. Then I went with Final Fantasy 16. 
Then I went with Suicide Squad, killed the Justice League. And that news that came out this yeah. week about Battle Pass. Now, make- Wait, what happened? Because I had hey. that last year and it slipped. So what is it? What's yeah. the- came well, out, they showed the uh, menus. People didn't like the menus because yeah. it's super generic and there's a Battle Pass. So yeah. we kind of okay. start treading Marvel uh, Avengers. All right. Okay. Hey, oh, no. I, I, I still believe in Rocksteady. But still continue. believe in it. So, yeah, yeah. yes. Alan Wake 2. And then I took Cyberpunk 2077 Phantom Liberty, the expansion. Yeah, love that. And then, and then my last pick of the actual draft was replaced. What is replaced? Now, oh, that is, game. yeah, it's it's uh, indie developer Sadcat Studios. Um, I, I believe they're actually out of the Ukraine or very near to it, but they were affected by the war, so it got delayed. Um, so it, it's coming out this year. Uh, you can put the rest of the list up. I, I don't. Have oh yeah, he's looking at yours, uh, Barrett. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I was trying to be quick and get uh, replaced uh, footage up there, but yeah, I'll oh, bring it back up. Okay, so. That was that was the end of the draft. That was the that end we of the did. draft. That's a six pick. So yeah, yeah. so then you can go in and, and bid on stuff. You're nuts. So I went and I got Assassin's Creed Mirage. And look, Ubisoft needs this to be a hit. So yes, I'm, I'm, I'm on board for that. Okay, okay. Um, well, well, I again, Star- to your point, Paris, Ubisoft needs every game to be a hit, but they mm. fucking absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then I took Stalker Two. Okay. Yeah. And then I went with NBA 2K24 because Ooh. look, nobody was thinking sports games, but dude, that that's always like a 85, okay. 90 every year. Okay. Hades 2. I love that you picked this one up. Yeah. That's yeah. a gamble. That feel, that's is a little it? bit is of a gamble. It? It's, a gamble. When, it's, it's a gamble, gamble when it comes out. to scoring. When has Supergiant yeah. ever missed? Yeah, I'm no, not, it's the no. Let it's me the finish dates. my sentence. It's okay. It's a gamble yeah. because if it only is an early access to this year, Paris does oh, not get Oh, okay. Yeah. I got it. I got it. It can slip. So they announced early access this year, but if you remember for Hades 1, that was an early access for, I think, two years before that game. Yeah, that's a good call. Okay. 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 And then I picked up Atomic Heart. I figured I'll score decently. That'll, like that'll that. at least be like a 75. I'm a thinking. lot of people in the comments were like, why didn't y'all draft Atomic Heart? Of course, yeah. with your first, for everybody out there watching, the first six picks, the main goal was 85 or above. That was our rule here on the team. So yeah, that one slipped a little bit. But yeah. I, think, I, think Par- yeah. I think Paris's picks are solid. He's got yeah. the Wolf Among Us too as well. And then, yeah, Big big B. I'm, I, I, I have high hopes for that. I think that's going to score amazingly well. That's an interesting one, one though, because it's the it. new Telltale and nobody really knows what. Yeah. To expect, mm-hmm. right? So yeah. the beloved one, you know, everybody yeah, loved for the sure. one. Uh, uh, and then, and then my my counter pick, I effed up. I shouldn't have taken Horizon Forbidden oh. West Burning Shores, but I panicked. Is that <laughs> so the VR? Is that no, the that's, VR? That's, that's the DLC. It's an expansion. Okay, all right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll see how bad we get punished on that one. But uh, great draft there, Paris. And you know what? Thank you for getting above and beyond and picking all that. Of course, there are some drops. So if you don't feel confident with certain games, we can drop those. We can keep it moving. But great job, Paris, on that one. Uh, moving on to mine, Gary Witta. I chose Star Wars Jedi Survivor. Yeah, I mean, that's, course, again, there's very spawn coming that out there. Hit, yeah. right? uh, I delivered with Forza Motorsport that's for gonna Xbox hit. fans. I went with Destiny 2 again, the big light. That's going to hit. All the re- have, they, have they slipped on any of the recent expansions? They've all been good, right, recently? Yeah, this will be solid. Yeah, yeah, this, yeah. Yeah, this will score high. Yep. Uh, then we went over to Nintendo, Pikmin 4. I think that's a great Gary pick. Uh, of course, the Plucky Squire took a lot of people's hearts. That's the really cool 2D game that all of a sudden becomes 3D and looks like Zelda. It's going to be cute. Oh, I, 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 I don't know that, but it I sounds cool. In. And Kerbal uh, 2, again, these, these are all solid. Solid two? picks. Solid Come picks. on, man. Uh, and then my counter pick was Cocoon. That's a game that uh, I... 
think looks really cool. But, of course, it will come down to gameplay and question marks mm-hmm, there. So mm-hmm. those are my six picks. Let's go down to Gary Widow. Uh, let's see what shit you've given me. I don't give a fuck games. <laughs> Gary, with your first oh, pick. Oh, so I got Starfield. We went with Starfield, of course. Uh, we believed in that one. And to ride the high of Elder Scrolls, we went with Armored Core 4 or Armored Core 5 right there. Armored, the- Armored Core 6 and it's Elden Ring. Oh, thank uh, you Mike. so much. I don't know what anything about the Armored Core. You said Elder Scrolls. <laughs> I, I, I just, I just, I, I remember when I remember when they when they rolled this out, they, they, yeah. they, when they announced it recently. There was a tweet that I thought was really funny, and someone said, "Like, I'm loving watching everyone on Twitter right now pretending like they give a shit about Armored Core or know what it is." We all care right? now. We all care now. <laughs> Gary is right. Uh, I don't know anything about it. Is that a good pick? You tell me. Well, FromSoft we'll doesn't miss. Who and doesn't? For, it's from. Uh, yeah. Okay. The, all right. The original Armored Core games uh, miss. Yeah, the Armored Core games we don't talk about, but the, these recent ones we talk about. We like the Soulsborne. Okay. Games. Uh, then this was the question mark. Me and Paris went back and forth, but we do think that it is one of the biggest titles of the year. Hogwarts if Legacy. I'd, if I'd have been here, I would not have allowed that. I know we. And I said that. <laughs> I said that too. Paris <laughs> said he's not gonna like us picking this. And we no, said, but remember, I don't give a fuck games. Thanks, so Gary. do what you gotta do. <laughs> like, like, but Gary, like, if, you're, you if, if you want my opinion, fuck off. You don't care. I don't want it. But it might be good though. If it's 85 or above, Gary, we're happy. And that's all that matters, okay? Yeah, it's just that I don't want to even get into it, but there's that whole other thing. I just don't want to go there. Okay. Uh, Going on, of course, sticking with Team Xbox, Redfall. We went with, Which we thought we that's a solid who, pick who on the I honestly, feel, I honestly feel like Redfall's a coin flip. Coin flip. Okay, that can come down either way. Uh, keeping it going, Lies of P, Gary. What is that? Is the upcoming, very Dark Souls-esque type game, but this is set in the Pinocchio world. A smaller You're development team. A lot of positivity on this one. I'm not, I'm not sitting around at night, Mike, going, where's, where's, where's that fucking Pinocchio <laughs> game coming out? Gary, no joke, I think it's one of my most anticipated games. Okay. Is it really? Why? Because yeah, it, it, it looks like Bloodborne. It looks like it runs actually at 60 frames per second, unlike yeah. Bloodborne. So Blood Bo- Bloodborne, but with Pinocchio, that's your dream game? Uh, not really, but when they showed it off for the first time, I was like, holy crap, this unexpectedly looks sick as hell. That's how we went uh, with that and one. So, yeah, I'm really excited for that one. And uh, Our final pick. Yeah, Hellblade 2 feels like a very solid. This was one me and yeah. Paris looked at and was like, can we get something big time? We don't know the release date, but what's our prayer? The first game was great. This yeah. is the sequel. It's, there, 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 there's very little chance that it does just it. The release date. That's year, the issue. Right? So, well, yeah, if, I think it does. Uh, for everybody watching and listening, Paris did a great job of like, when, it, when you brought up the question, Bear, what's up with release dates? And Paris kind of drew out what six months would be, now we look at, okay, well, that means you got to deliver at least something the next six months of the year, right? Because mm. we can't have the same thing happen here on Xbox of first six months were solid, second six months of the so, year, nothing. So that's a perfect layup. I'm, I'm happy with Starfield. I probably would have taken my, that myself had it been yeah, up when, when I was up. Armored Core 6, I just don't know. I'll you take your know. word you for it. Know. Hogwarts Legacy, again, I just I have very mixed feelings about that whole vibe. <laughs> Redfall, I just, Redfall is a coin flip. Lies of P, I, I still think you're fucking making that up and it's not a real game. <laughs> Hellblade, Hellblade 2 is a, a great pick. So yes. I, it's, it's a mixed bag. And yeah. then the biggest, I think, the biggest chance that we took was your counter pick. Yeah, big Yeah, so, okay, so that, that's the next chapter, right? Yes, yeah. okay. we're just hoping that it doesn't deliver this year and is the so, next. So is that based on slipping, not on it yeah, coming that, out and not that's being based good? On, okay. like, what all is they, all the they said when they announced uh, 7 Rebirth was next winter. 
but they didn't like Ooh. winter goes from December to February. Right, it's, and they it sure specify. does. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, does. it's all right. I mean, if I cared, I'd probably be more. <laughs> if I, if he cared, if he cared. Well, you know what, Gary? The only thing that matters in all of us over here on Team XCast is by the end of the year, the three of us, our combined score is better than the PSI. How did that shake out last year? Uh, Janet dominated all of us. We don't talk about that. She did. She's very good at this game. She takes a lot of pride into it. So Janet dominated, carried them the victory this year. Paris is on board. We got it. We got to even it up. I'm on board. We're going to take this win this year. Well, okay. So what are we up against? What are are the PlayStation people? Do you want to see what they have? Yeah, just real quick. Okay. If you guys got time, let's do it. Let's jump right into it. Well, Greg, Greg's tracking last place. Yeah. Greg sucks is right. We all know that. Let's start off with, of course, your champion. Okay. The reigning champion. Oh, and of course she's got the number one draft pick. Well, she got, well, we had to give it. If you win, I gave the number one draft pick. We got second though. I gave, gave him the second. Okay. So no, got, I'm, 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 I, don't, I don't know if she was up first. I'm just saying oh, that she whoever, was, was, whoever, was, yeah, whoever yeah. was up should have picked She that. chose Legend right. of Zelda. Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So yeah. Legend of Zelda number two she went with. Then after that, she didn't get a pick for quite some time, right? And so she went with Like a Dragon, I believe right there. Uh, I think that's solid. Yeah, yep. the man who erased his name. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. What yeah. a great title. Because there's two of them coming out. Yes, there's Ishin exactly. and then there's this one, yeah. So and then she, went, she took both of them. Uh, she went oh, with she Dead did, Space Remake. Ocu- uh, Octopath Traveler 2, another like a dragon, and then finishing out with Gunbrella. I don't know. I mean, I don't know if that's a... Is that a winning portfolio this year? I think her biggest weak point is probably Octopath Traveler. Okay. At, uh, of the games that she's drafted. I think like a dragon games, they they review well. They do. Um, the other uh, iffy one is maybe Dead Space, depending on I how think the, well I think Dead holds. Space is the other iffy one, because yeah. who knows? And I think Gunbrella, I think, yeah. is going to hit hard. I think Gunbrella is going to be one of the best indie games to come out okay. this year. The catch was is Janet went from drafting last, right, having that 6-7 spot, to now 1, and then... 12, 13. Right, right, right. So we yeah. got to see her have to adjust. Yeah, so you can see it, you can see him drop off because exactly. you've got a whole round. Yeah. Uh, so mm-hmm. she chose Lies of P as her counter pick. Right. See okay. Now okay, I'm going with Janet on that one because that game sounds silly. Going on down, this year, boy, <laughs> blessing out of Yoye Junior. He okay. Went with Hollow Knight Silk Song. This was a game that was shown off at the Xbox Summer Showcase to be promised within this 12 month window. So we'll see if that sticks. He went with Resident Evil 4 remake right there. Wolong Fallen Dynasty, which is the big Soulsborne game that everybody's excited for coming day and date to Game Pass. Keep an eye out that one. And that's uh, the developers of uh, Neo and Neo 2. And one of his, one of his picks is already out and Fire rated? Emblem Engage, which is not getting as much love as the other one previously, Three Houses, but we'll see where it tracks here in the next couple of days. Overall, this does not... I love Blessing, but this does not feel like... I would not be thrilled. If, if, if this is what you'd given me, mm-hmm. I, I would be complaining. Okay. Well, then, you know, thank God we didn't do that. I'm happy we didn't do that. That's right. And then, of course, the jabroni boy himself, Mister where, Greg where Miller. Is where is he? What's coming he got? on What's down? He got? Diablo Four is very solid. I think that's. I think that's almost uh-huh. certainly going to hit. Street Fighter Six, I think, is going to hit. Yep. Uh, Dead Cells uh, is going to hit. This is a this is a strong lineup that he's got here. I yeah, think. he went a little wild here. You can see after Horizon Forbidden Swords uh, DLC or Burning Shores, he went to the unannounced Elden Ring DLC, which is a solid selection that nobody thought of. And then, of course, Final Fantasy VII Rebirth here. He did pick up Thirsty Suitors. Shout out to that game. Looks very cool. 
we'll see how that tracks point-wise. But those are your six teams now. Can I make a point that kind of ties some of the different topics we've talked about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Other than Starfield, because Starfield is his own thing, not a single game that's on that Microsoft Developer Direct is on that list. Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is, is Motorsport on there? Yeah, Motorsport. No, yeah. Developer yeah, Direct that we're talking about? Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, Redfall. Oh, Forza no, they Motorsport, are. So what are we, no, but Minecraft Legends is on, isn't on there. Well, nobody drafted Minecraft. Oh, I mean, maybe they should have. Well, maybe we see it next week, and then we, we'd be the judge of that. You know what I mean? We'd yeah, so that, that. I don't know. It's, I mean, okay, so who's winning, who's winning that? Out of the year? first day, who's walking away? Like, if you had to make a prediction now that when the, after the dust has settled, who's winning based on those portfolios, who's got it? Well, let's ask an unbiased one because all of us here will say we're going to win. Let's go to Barrett. Barrett, when you look at the first day, who do you think has the best chance of winning right now? And I'm, I'm going to take out half of Paris's list because he <laughs> you know, drafted six games. He did so well. Week. I'm so, so proud just of him. Like what he drafted in the, in the draft itself. And looking at the the lineups here, I would say, honestly, like I, I could see Greg, Greg. having a Greg a really does it as much as I hate to say because you know of, of all because you know he's going to be what? the most it, though, insufferable if he, he wins. He did not have a great last year. His team won, but he did not have. Yeah, a great he sucked. Last. I think he was the weakest of the, the yeah. PS I Love You team. So I would say because he's not a real Greg gamer. Ha- yeah, I hope he listens. And to then this honestly, stuff. like. Honestly, Janet, I think uh, just with Tears of the Kingdom and then like bo- two like a Dragon games that are going to hit. I know it's it's really darling. strong. It's really strong. I, I I think she's got a really solid uh solid team. But I think you know, everyone I think everyone is in the running except yeah. Blessing. Yeah, when we ended it, we said this shows you the power of this year as opposed to last year, where after the first two rounds, people just started throwing things at the wall, hoping right. Like this year, it was like, oh man, there's a lot of games to choose from no matter where you look. So this year should be solid. I'll tell you right now, just one more point on Hogwarts Legacy, and I know it's a tricky topic. Lay it on us. If it's based purely on review scores, rightly or wrongly, that game is going to get hit for that. When yeah, the scores That's what literally Paris said. That's what Paris said. He yeah. was worried about it. Yeah. So we'll see yeah. what happens. Of course, that game comes out sooner than later, so we'll have tabs on that. But for all you best friends out there, thank you so much for watching and listening. A quick content update for you next week on Wednesday for your developer direct with Xbox and Bethesda. Guess what? We're going to live react to it right here in the studio. Paris will be joining myself. Gary Witta, one busy man. He'll be off the squad. I will. So it'll either I'll be, be off Tim again. Geddes or Andy, but we will live react to the developer direct. We'll go right into an X-Cast right after that, live on Twitch and on YouTube. So, guess what? You got a whole lot more content coming your way. Thank you all so much for watching and listening. And, of course, for all you gamers out there, keep gaming and be good. Peace, everybody.